similar to growing up in a family where my parents own a business. You know, I just, I like to hear the experiences and the things they're going through and how they're handling things. Listening to them talk about how they're handling COVID and how they're going to go back to the office or who's going to go back to the office and how far apart are the desks going to be. From Front Office Sports, it's Office Hours, a show where we take you inside the minds of some of the most influential names in the sports industry to break down where things have been and where they are going. Before we get to today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Bitrix. New crypto traders have a wide range of options when it comes to selecting tokens, and the same is true for the trading platform they choose to operate on. There are many factors to consider when deciding on a platform, like token selection, trading features, and trade execution speed. But perhaps the most important is security. Bitrix stands above the competition as the most reliable trading platform and sets the standard for security and convenience in the crypto space. Its innovative solutions offer best-in-class asset protection without making compromises on trade, execution, or flexibility. As part of an industry that hinges on security and accountability, Bitrix is committed to protecting its customers in every part of their crypto trading journey. Bitrix respects its users' trust in the platform and rewards that trust with an ever-expanding list of features and functionalities designed to improve their experience. To learn more about our technology and why Bitrix is the superior choice for keeping your crypto secure, visit www.bitrix.com. Again, visit www.bitrix.com. That's B-I-T-T-R-E-X.com. I'm Adam White, and on today's episode, we're joined by former NFL player turned business owner, Brent Selleck. After 11 seasons in the NFL, Selleck retired after winning a Super Bowl with the Eagles in 2017. Now focused entirely on his real estate business, Selleck has big ambitions for that, his ability to help other former players, and a children's book he's currently working on. So, I mean, look, let's let's start in just really kind of the beginning, right? Uh, I know in, in your background, your parents are, are business owners, right? There's a few things that you guys have, you've talked about from their background. How did a lot of what you saw when you were growing up with your parents and owning business translate not only into what you wanted to do on the field, but as soon as you started to realize, hey, what's my next steps off the field and to, and to really what that is, has become? I think it was great, to be honest. Uh, growing up in a family where not only was my mom and dad business owners, but my grandpa was a business owner. My uncle was a business owner. And I think, um, you know, with how my grandpa ran his business influenced my mom and uh, my uncle as well. And I just think that they handled situations the right way. Um, You know, not every time did they handle it the right way, but they learned, they got better and they, and they moved on. And so, you know, when my mom would have issues at her salon, you know, she would come home and talk to my dad about the issues and I could hear what they were talking about and uh, how they handled the problem. And you learn a lot in those situations. And I think that, you know, my mom technically is the leader of a team. And so watching her lead that team, um, how she was a a member of that team and how she influenced all the people that worked for her uh, was very influential on me in life, but in football as well, just being a great teammate and um, understanding how to deal with people in certain situations. And then obviously I was, I was very lucky to have a lot of good coaches in my career. So seeing how they handle situations uh, was very helpful as well. 
wouldn't have imagined probably having to run a business through what you know the world is going through currently and and for you in in the real estate world how is uh how has that been <laughs> was there anything that uh, your parents have prepped you for or even anyone else who's kind of given you advice as, as running a business through this granted it's a, a truly unprecedented time yeah i mean it's crazy I, my parents still in their business and so just talking to them throughout the process you know they were affected massively at the beginning just because no one's going to get their haircut. I mean, look at me, you know, I still haven't got my haircut. I know. I'm just letting it fly. I'm just, yeah, I know. I told my girlfriend, I said, there is absolutely no way that you're going to cut this because it's the only time in my life that I can just let it go and no one cares. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely unprecedented times. Um, but having, uh, great relationships with our bank, um, they've been great in, in making sure that we navigate this the right way. And so um, it's been tough, uh, but it hasn't been impossible. And you find ways to get through it. And I think that on the other side of COVID, there will be some things that we never expected. Um, there's some things that are, that are good. Like I don't like shaking everybody's hands. Um, I don't mind the fact that probably during flu season, everyone's going to be wearing masks. That's fine with me. Um, so there will be some good things come of it. I don't, necessarily think that we should all just stop um you know i think we got to keep moving and so i like that you know at least from a real estate standpoint we have opened back up mpa um i think it's good i think uh being out in society people have been following the guidelines and people have been at least in philadelphia they've been respectful of each other um even when i'm working with people uh you know, if I don't have a mask on, I'll ask them, hey, you know, are you comfortable with me not having a mask or you want me to put my mask on? And so as long as people are doing that, I think that, you know, we're going to find our way through this and uh, we'll be better because of it. How has the, uh, the real estate business been in, in Philadelphia? You know, you see a lot of these stories around people who are leaving these major, you know, metros, New York, LA, who are going to these, you know, more suburban areas. Not that Philadelphia is one itself, but it's a little bit smaller than the like. How has it been? You know, what are you guys hearing? What are you talking to? Is it, is it truly an exodus to the suburbs? I mean, before COVID, I mean, things in the city were just booming. Um, uh, and then as, when COVID hit, you know, we had a lot of things under contract and a lot of it took a little longer than expected to go to settlement, uh, but it went to settlement. And, um, you know, I think it's hard to tell post COVID what people are going to do. I think that the home is going to be uh, more thought of a place where people can potentially work out of. So, um, you know, condos, I think in the city might get hit a little bit you know i think people are going to want their own homes uh but i you you just don't know like i'm 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 literally guessing um maybe it leads to people not living in the city and people moving to the suburbs so that they can get more space and spread out um generally speaking i think that people love the amenities in the city i think that as covid runs its course and hopefully it's not as dangerous as some of these media outlets kind of portray it as, um, you know, we get back to some kind of normalcy and maybe we're not packed into restaurants, which would be great because I'm, I hate sitting literally like right next to somebody when yeah. I'm in a restaurant and you can't hear. There's a football player too. You're a little bit bigger. It's a little, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
So like I said, from that standpoint, I think good things will come of it. But I think that generally speaking, like people like living in cities, people like um, being close to other people and having access to amazing restaurants that they can just walk to. And so uh, we'll see. We will really see. Yeah, it'll, uh, be, it'll be interesting. I think there's some pent up demand right now. And I think that a lot of people will be transacted business here over the next few weeks. Uh, but once it all settles, I don't know, because I think unemployment is going to stay high for a long time. Yeah, no, that's going to be a major factor for a lot of things, even sports in terms of how everything comes back and when the fans are going to come back and who's going to be able to buy tickets and, and the like. Yeah. But, you know, for you and, and, and all the businesses you could do and you see a lot of these athletes getting into different things, why real estate? What, what was the appeal to it? Uh, and have you had, I'm assuming, a lot of guys reach out to you to talk to, that, to you about how to get into real estate? Uh, yeah. So I think all the businesses that I've been involved in led me to real estate. Uh, I was in the restaurant business and it was tough. And I had a, a landlord who was really, really tough. And it was kind of at that moment when I was like, Oh, the landowner really kind of calls the shots here. And so that's kind of what led me into real estate. And then I got into, uh, investing in development, doing some development, and there's a lot of risks in that too. And so um, I do like development, but I don't like the risks. I don't like personally guaranteeing loans. You know, that's not something that's interesting to me. Um, uh, but I do love, like, the reason I got into real estate too is because I love great design. I love great architecture. Um, you know, when you build a house, you only got one chance to make that design right. Uh, you can't, you can't be changing things like you can change it beforehand, but once it's there, it's there. And that's kind of what I love. Uh, you know, with my own house, it took me four years, me and my wife, four years to develop it, but we thought about every single aspect of it. And now, you know, that's something that'll last us for the next 30, 40 years. Um, and I love that. And so just trying to do that and be a part of that for other people. Um, whether that's being on the sales side of things, you know, helping them just transact it or, or developing stuff, uh, having a hand in, uh, helping design it. Um, so yeah, I, I think the real estate's going to take me into a, a lot of different arenas and already has and opened up a, a few doors that I'd never expected. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, and doing different things. And I've partnered with uh, Patrick Ofco uh, on helping them find some deals. So it's going to, it's going to be good. That's awesome. And you know, you entered the league in, tw in 2007, very different time for, for just athletes in general, right? You've seen over the last probably three to five years where there's been an explosion of athletes as business owners, as athletes, you know, as people who are social entrepreneurs, things like that. What was the conversation like in the locker room in, in 07? Were people talking about their investments? Were people talking about what they were doing off the field? And, and how did that change kind of over the 11, 12 years you, you played in the NFL? Um, I mean, I think people have interests in, in, owning businesses or doing different things. I mean, I've done some things that I've, I've failed miserably at and had to get up and, and try again. And so I think that, you know, in the locker room, guys are always talking about their investments and how this one's doing great. And uh, you don't really hear about a ton of the bad ones. 
Um, but I've had some bad ones. Yeah. And uh, I'm not to, I'm not afraid to admit it. And I've learned a lot in all those deals um, that helped me get better moving on. And, you know, what I would like to do in the future is, is really help young guys um, that are interested in real estate, want to put money to work in real estate, just help them get into the right deals and understand the risk, you know, um, personally guaranteeing loans in the real estate world when you've made a lot of money already may not be the best thing for you. Now, maybe you have a, uh, you know, a passion to be a developer and that's the road that you have to take, but you better understand those risks. And, you know, maybe there's a way that you can protect your, your, your money that you made in the NFL so that it's not at risk while you are developing. Uh, there's, there's so many ways of doing things. Um, and I think that, you know, from 2007 until now, uh, the biggest thing is, is like the access you have to anything right now is, is so easy. Um, if I want to learn how to go build a deck, all I have to do is go on YouTube and type in how to build a deck. And YouTube is underrated. Right there. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I tell my wife all the time, you can learn anything nowadays by just going on YouTube and typing it in. Literally just type your question and you'll find people doing it. And some people aren't doing it so right, but you can, you can figure that out through watching three or four videos. So um, I would say that's the biggest thing. And uh, you know, hopefully guys just find things that they're interested in. It took me a little long, a little while to, to do that. But once I did, uh, I'm happy. Awesome. And there was actually, I was you know, looking back as a, in a lead up to this conversation and in 2018, you kind of had like a mini tweet thread about uh, just being the beginning in real estate and like real, real estate questions only. And you got a few leads out of it, you know, from then to now, what's, what's been the change? What's been the uh, kind of the evolution of just like, you know, when you say it's just the beginning to kind of almost two years later, how is that, uh, how has that evolved? Um, making some mistakes, uh, learning from those and just the more deals you do, the, the more comfortable you get, the more things you see, the more understanding you have on how to deal with those issues. I think that really in all businesses, you know, what you're kind of doing all day long is kind of fixing issues and making sure things get to the finish line. And so, um, how can you deal with those more effectively? and um you know more efficiently awesome so what's uh what's harder winning a super bowl or, or starting a business um winning a super bowl for sure <laughs> i've been playing football my whole life and haven't won it hadn't won a championship at any level until winning in uh my final year of playing with the eagles and uh it was just a special year, I think. Uh, and at the end of the day, things have to go right for you. And then you have to set yourself up for, for success. So definitely a Super Bowl. A lot of, a lot of people on one team coming together to reach one goal that there's 31 other teams doing the same thing, working just as hard, putting in just as many hours. And, you know, as definitely definitely a special thing that I'll, I'll never forget um you can do some special things in the business world um just don't know if you can have that type of excitement unless you 
you know, maybe if I sold a business for a billion dollars, I'd have that type of excitement. One day, one day. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Now that you, you can own as many businesses as you want. Only a few people can have Super Bowl rings that uh, sit on their desk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, for for you and, and just everything, and I, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, but this idea of Pando, which is the current name of your business and kind of what you've touched on in stories before, would love for you to tell that story of Pando, why it's Pando uh, and why that, you know, means so much to you. Pando. Pando is the largest and longest living organism on the planet. It's a group of basically aspen trees in Utah. And um, it it's the root system of the trees, which is one organism. So uh, as you see thousands of acres of trees, you the, the roots is literally all just one organism. And when one of the tree one of one of the trees die, uh, the roots grow up another one in its place. These trees live at an elevation where seeds won't grow. And so um, anytime a tree dies, the roots just grow up another one in its place. So the idea is on a team or inside an organization, when one person can't get it done, it's got to come from within and we got to find a way to get it done. And, you know, the year we won the Super Bowl, us as tight ends, we used to always break it down on Pando when one guy was hurt because at the end of the day, it didn't matter if, if Ertz was out um, or if I was out or if Trey was out. The other guys had to find a way to get the job done. And so we would just say Pando. Um, and so I just, I, I love the concept because at the end of the day, uh, it's not going to stop and we got to just figure out a way to get it done. And so I thought it was a great, a great name for a business. And uh, yeah, hopefully we grow Pando. Pando is actually dying right now. They, the, the trees in Utah, the root system, um, it's slowly dying. So we're keeping it alive. Got it. Love it. Where, well, who did that come from? Like who came up with that? That's got to be a fact. Like most people, is that you? Is that one of the teammates? Yeah, I came. No, I can't. I, I, I researched it. I researched the largest and longest living organism on the planet. And it was just like, boom, Pando. What, what, what led like, to that uh, research? That's a weird Google search. Not, not many people who are like longest living organism. Um, yeah, when I was thinking of a company name, I was just like, it's got to be something that's big and has been around for a long time. And I've never heard of Pando, uh, the trees. And so when I started reading about it, I was like, oh, dude, this is crazy. Like, this thing has been around for thousands, millions of years, whatever it is. And, um, you know, it's the longest living organism. That's sweet. So that would be a good name. Love it. So what is it, you know, in, in taking what you'd learned on the field and off the field and vice versa? Like, what was it, what was it like going through that process and like really kind of understanding what you could take from being a football player to being a business owner and being a business owner and kind of thinking about that and being a football player? What, what was the evolution? What did you learn from both sides? How, how has that kind of made you better or maybe not even better, but more refined in what you've done? Yeah, I think like we talked about at first, I learned a lot from my parents and then, um, you know, when I was playing football was introduced to other leaders who were handling certain situations and I was understanding how to be on teams and how to be a, a great teammate. And I think that all of those situations have really led me to who I am in the business world today. Um, 
those relationships that I had with those guys uh, on the football field were special and different. Um, but I'm trying to do my best to to bring that into the real world. Um, now, what's different about a locker room and the real world is there's a lot of colorful language in a locker room that you have to kind of measure in the real world, which sometimes for me is tough. Um, but, you know, it can be done. So, um, yeah, that's – I would say that's – all those experiences in my life have, have led to me – led me into being who I am in the business world and just a respectful – good teammate to to everyone that's here and and try to help them as much as I can in any way that I can what's the uh what's the biggest lesson you've learned or like you know the hardest time you you fell and you came back up what was what was that big like takeaway that you got to keep getting back up (laughs) never stay down um there's there's a lot of lessons that, that you can learn but I think the biggest one is, is don't give up. And that's why I try to teach my, my kids are really young, four, two, and one. Um, but at a young age, I'm trying to instill in them is that, listen, you make mistakes, you fall, you fall down, get back up and keep running. Like, you're fine. You'll, you'll be okay. Um, never give up. But I think if that's life, never give up. Yeah, just rub some dirt on it, right? That's it. Rub some dirt on yeah, it and keep playing. That's it. Uh, you know, you I, I saw some things on, on social. It seems to be like you're a, a big t- uh, Tesla fan talking about Huge. like a, a uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of business, you know, idols or something like that. I know we, we've talked about and most people probably like you grew up like, oh, I want to be like this football player from a business standpoint outside of your parents. Who is like that person that you want to be or the multiple people that you're like, hey, I want to be that. Is it an Elon Musk? Is it a, you know, Bob Iger, who's that kind of person that you look up to and say, I want to, you know, kind of emulate those people one day. I think I have an engineering mind and I think that um, the greatest engineer of our time is Elon Musk and the things he's doing at Tesla uh, to me are like out of this world. And uh, I've been, uh, yeah, literally. And I've been following him for probably the past three years, reading every article that's out there. And, I see all the people that just try to just tear him down all the time and it's gotta be tough. You know, you're, you're, you're doing so what you think is so much good and everyone's out there saying, Oh, you suck. You're doing nothing. And the guy works so hard. And when you listen to the type of leader he is, I agree with it. You know, there's times where he went on Rogan's podcast and, you know, he puffed on (laughs) the weed and, it just like it blew up so big and in in all reality it was nothing now there's some things that he does that he could probably uh help himself but he's he's under such a microscope that um you know i think it's tough so i would say like i just love what he's doing with tesla i'm a huge fan huge supporter uh but locally i've got a, a good friend jonathan brassington uh, another good friend, Steve Meyer, who two guys that I really look up to guys that I can talk to on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And, um, you know, we're not in business together, but they're just great, great friends uh, in different businesses that, um, 
you know, I, I like to hear how they talk about things and similar to growing up in a family where my parents own a business, you know, I just, I like to hear the experiences and the things they're going through and how they're handling things, listening to them talk about how they're handling COVID and how they're going to go back to the office or who's going to go back to the office and how far apart are the desks going to be. Um, so those guys, uh, you know, I love having them as friends, uh, consider them family and, uh, you know, get insight from them all the time, whether it's just a simple conversation. You probably had a lot of uh, teammates who were, who were great teammates, but what, uh, what teammate or maybe even someone that you made played against that you came across and you're like, wow, that's like one of the best, like businessman, businessmen. Like who was, who was that teammate that was also like a really good businessman? It's hard. It's, it's hard for me to say because when you're playing football, you're just focused on football. Um, I think that once you're done playing, um, you know, you, you really see who's going to go into that realm and, yeah. and take it serious. Uh, one of the guys that I stay in touch with a little bit, uh, Stephen Tullock, he likes real estate too. Um, play for the Lions and the Titans. Um, I would say he, I could tell from the time I met him. Now he was getting later in his career, um, but he was always interested in stuff that was going on off the field. And so I'm sure he's going to be very successful in the real estate world. You talked a little bit about some things you have your eyes on, some things you want to do, some of the doors of real estate's open for you. Like, you know, obviously you're still getting started young in all of this, but what is, what does the next three to five years look like? How do you kind of see this, this playing out, you know, like you would have seen, you know, your career playing out as a, as a football player? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, the things I'm doing with Patrickoff, um, very interesting to me. You know, they've got a group of 60 current or former, uh, pro athletes, male and female. And, uh, you know, I invest with them through private equity deals. Uh, but I'm also going to be helping them find, uh, real estate deals. And so for the last six months, been talking to different developers across the country on the different real estate deals that they have. And if we could come in as, as partners, you know, minority partners in the deal. And so I'm excited about ramping that up. And, uh, you know, starting to do one deal and then many deals after that. What's it like, you know, there's a lot of people who want to invest as, as, you know, as individuals or even with a group, but what's it like investing as an athlete and just kind of, I'm sure like the conversations, the people who are coming to you, like, you know, what is it like investing as an, as like what was a current athlete and then a former athlete and kind of how is that, you know, difficult, different than what would be like just a normal person like myself? Well, I think what's great about it is being a, a former athlete, it opens up a lot of doors and like, there's really no meeting I, I really can't get if I'm, you know, put in touch with the person. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and for us athletes, uh, you know, it just takes us following up, you know, it takes you being in front of the person going out and taking the meetings um, which a lot of people would be tough for them just to get the meetings, but be, because we played sports and if the person is interested in sports, it's usually pretty easy meeting to get. So, um, from that standpoint, I would say it's somewhat easy. Um, 
then on the other hand, you have a lot of people coming at you with deals. And initially speaking, I thought those were all good deals. No, no. <laughs> usually, no. yeah. Usually when a lot of people are coming to you, it's not. Um, in the smaller deals, a lot of them just weren't good deals. So you live and you learn. What have, what are some of the, some of the areas that you're interested outside of real estate and investing? in? I know you said you're in private deals, but what are some of the areas that are, that are piquing your interest or you've seen success in, or that you're really excited about? Um, really, really Tesla, man. I mean, that's the only, besides real estate, that's the only, I hope you got your cyber truck lined up. Yeah. I got it lined up. I'm going to get a model Y too. There you go. Um, but yeah, I don't, I would really be relying on somebody else to give me input on certain things. Um, in my free time, you know, be writing a children's book and probably be doing a cookbook at some point. Um, Cause those are two things that, you know, uh, I enjoy doing uh, with regards to investing. I'm, I'm really focused on uh, just real estate and um, yeah, move, moving that forward. What's the, uh, what's the children's book going to be about? You have an idea yet? I do. I do. It's going to take some time. You know, I, um, I had a dog that, uh, he, I, I was close with him and, uh, I always said, it was like, I always said that when he, when he passed, I would never get another dog until I, I finished this children's book idea that me and my family came up with. And so it's about dogs uh and squirrels and those are the two main characters and like the squirrels would kind of have like the personality of penguins of madagascar nice, you know, that, nice. that type of personality and and the dogs would have their own personalities but you know i've uh i've created a lot of the characters a lot of their personalities the setting um some of the storylines just just takes time getting it to all come together and it's not something that uh, I need to get done right now, but as ideas come to me, the best thing I have is this iPhone and I just basically turn on the voice memos and just start talking and then go through them. And, uh, you know, when I do have time, cause I'm real busy right now, you know, write them down and start organizing all of that stuff. And hopefully one day it'll be a cool children's book. One thing I do know is, uh, in all the things that I've done in my life, I'm not releasing anything until it's right. And so if it takes me 10 years to get it right, it takes me 10 years. It takes me three years to get it right. It takes me three years, but I'm not releasing anything unless it's right. Well, maybe it'll uh, turn into a movie or a Pixar short or something yeah. like that. You, uh, you never know. Well, I got a lot of work to do before that, but I think it, it, it has, it has good potential. It has good potential. If anything, you'll be a published author too. So you can, yeah. you can add that to the, uh, add that to the resume, but, uh, you know, look, as we, as we wrap up here, just, you know, for you, what's, you know, the biggest takeaway from, from all of this and kind of just overall is as your, your career and your life has evolved and how things have changed, you know, what's kind of like the biggest takeaway for you personally, for you professionally, is just to like, you know, this is what's happened. This is what's going to happen. And, you know, here's kind of where I've, where I've come and where I've gone. Um, probably what we talked about before and that you're in life, you're going to have great successes and you're going to have great failures and you're going to learn a lot from those failures. Um, just never give up. 
just keep moving, uh, find ways to continue to get better. And if you can do that, when you look back on your career, you're going to be, you're going to be proud of it. And I think if you do that, you will have no regrets. You know, I've always lived my life and that I want to have no regrets. And so I don't regret making mistakes. I do regret if I don't learn from them. And so don't be afraid to make mistakes and uh, learn from them, move on and get, get better from them. And uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing I would say. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you do, make sure to take a screenshot of the rating slash review and share it on social media to get some front office sports swag. We'll see you next time.